Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready as we take you out to the ball game on this episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss an entertainment spectacle with some baseball in the middle, building a culture of experience, and how to be successful by standing out. Bananas, baseball, and yellow tuxedos? Oh my. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. While on vacation this summer with my family, I had the chance to do something that I know you love doing in the summer as well, Dan. You finally went to a Chicago Cubs baseball game? Oh, my friend, I've been to many Cubbies games, uh, but that's not what I did this summer. You're close, though, very close. I actually took my family down south to visit my friends Jesse and Emily Cole. And while we were in town, we got to be their guests at a baseball game played by the Savannah Bananas. I love the Savannah Bananas. Now, I have not had the pleasure of seeing a game, but I have met Jesse on more than one occasion. He's awesome. He definitely stands out wherever he goes, as I know you'll talk about in a little bit. But I am really envious because I have heard that going to a Savannah's Bananas game is unlike going to any other baseball game. It really is. And yes, indeed, folks, you heard right. The team is called the Savannah Bananas. And as unique and as wonderful as that name is, it's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the incredible experiences that Jesse, Emily, the Bananas staff, the baseball players, and the fans have created in Savannah. Let me set the stage, or rather, let's let Jim Halley, a writer for Baseball America, explain the situation as he does so beautifully in his article, How the Savannah Bananas Turned Conventional Wisdom on Its Head, which don't worry, we'll link to in the show notes at experiencethisshow.com. Here's what Jim has to say. It's an hour before the game, and the parking areas closest to 93-year-old Grayson Stadium are filling up. Just before the game, the Savannah Bananas pep band marches onto the field. By the first inning, seats are scarce as team owner Jesse Cole, sweating through one of his seven canary yellow tuxedos, roams the stands at the stadium, shaking hands and posing for photos. The Bananas sell out every home game, as they have since early in their inaugural season. The fans come to be entertained, and the Bananas who are but college players honing their craft for free in the Coastal Plain League, don't disappoint. The Bananas have a first base coach, Maceo Harrison, who break dances. There's the Savannah Nanas, a senior women's dance team where everyone is over age 65. 
the Savannah Man Nanas, male cheerleaders with dad bods, the pep band, and bizarre between-inning promotions. The head coach, Tyler Gillum, wears cowboy boots at third base. Grayson Stadium has become a place to party, something Savannah has always had an appetite for. Our whole mindset is, whatever is normal, try to do the exact opposite, Cole said. I think our starting point with everything is, what's the big problem? For many people, the problem with baseball is it's too long, slow, and boring. In Savannah, essentially, baseball failed for 90 years. We went to a game there, and they had less than 300 people. We looked at how we could create a circus where a baseball game breaks out. I love that. A circus where a baseball game breaks out. Now, full disclosure, I am not one of those people who think that baseball is long, slow, <laughs> and boring. Dan has to defend for all the baseball fans. But I do understand what Jesse is saying. And please tell us more because, again, I'm so excited to learn about the Savannah Bananas, and I have to get there next. I mean, you have to go. And this is a masterclass in customer experience. So as two guys that pay a lot of attention to customer experience, Dan and I are always on the lookout for unique, interesting interactions. And trust me, the time I spent with the Savannah Bananas was chock full of wonderful moments. But what really stood out to me was how the entire operation works to make the required elements of a baseball game into something remarkable. Dan, what are some of the more, let's say, mundane, required elements of baseball games that you've attended? Well, uh, before the game, there's usually some announcement where uh, the PA announcer kind of drones on about the rules and how everyone's supposed to behave and that sort of thing. Exactly, exactly. So I certainly understand and respect that with a large audience, many of whom are new to your stadium, you need to cover some basic things in a pregame announcement. But that doesn't mean the announcement itself needs to be basic. Listen to the Savannah Bananas pregame rules announcement. Well, you know, Joey, that I love me some quality singing, and that was awesome. I totally agree. And here's the really interesting part. That was Nicole Cherritt. This past season, she was the promotion's intern. The Bananas had their intern sing the stadium rules. Now, that's taking employee engagement to the next level, when you get your interns to be actively involved in the game. As if it wasn't enough, Nicole also played Olga. Uh, I'm sorry, Olga? I'm not entirely sure what that means. Yeah, so whenever the Bananas were in the lead during the eighth inning, Nicole would put on a big fat Viking suit and sing, We Are the Champions. 
Oh my gosh. So that's brilliant because it's not over until the fat lady sings, right? <laughs> exactly. That was the whole point. That's outstanding. Um, what about the opening pitch? Okay, this was tremendous. At most games, prior to the official start of the game, someone throws in the opening pitch. Not at the Savannah Bananas. At a Bananas game, instead of throwing a baseball as an opening pitch normally would be, they throw a, wait for it, Banana. No. Are you serious? 100%. Jesse actually surprised me and asked me to throw in the opening banana. Wow, that's kind of a high-pressure situation where you may not have had any previous experience to lean back on. <laughs> I didn't. And let me tell you, the pitcher's mound is a long way away from home plate. Throwing a baseball that distant is hard enough. Uh, throwing a banana, that's a completely different situation. And you're right. It was surprisingly stressful. We've got 4,000 people in a sold out stadium watching to see what kind of athletic prowess this guy can muster throwing a banana. So as I'm on my way out to the pitcher's mound, I ask the catcher if he has any tips. And this college kid looks at me and says, yeah, just throw it overhand like a boomerang. Try to get it as close to me as you can and I'll do my best to help you out. So that's what I did. And while the banana did land just in front of home plate, it hit with such force that the banana shot out of the peel into the catcher's glove. Oh, come on now. You're, you're pulling Buddy, my leg. No, I am dead serious. I could not make this up. I am 100% telling the truth. It was crazy. Now, I know people talk about hitting the cover off a baseball with the force of their bat, but who knew you could throw the cover off a banana with the force of your pitch? Uh, it was impressive, I'll say. Goodness No, gracious. seriously. All right. But that wasn't the only amazing thing that happened before the game. My oldest son got to hit the first home run. So according to Jesse, this makes sure that all the bases are working. And he had a blast running around the bases while the players tried to get him out. And when he came across home plate, all the players lifted him up on their shoulders. You know, to be honest, it became the highlight of the summer for him and for me. That sounds awesome. But what about your little guy? Did he get to help out his brother? Oh, yes, he did. In fact, what do you think he got to say at the game? I'm guessing it's the two words that we say before every baseball game. Did he just say play ball? Yep, you heard it correctly. My three and a half year old got to stand in front of a sold out audience of 4,000 people on a beautiful summer night and officially give his first speech in public. Now, while it was only two words, they were two words that my wife Barrett and I won't soon forget. Well, and I'm sure the other 4,000 people probably won't either because your kids are adorable and uh, one of them singing or one of them saying play ball and the other one running around the bases certainly sounds like a lot of antics for the Coleman family in one baseball game. Let's just say it is not the first time that the phrase a lot of annex has been associated with the Coleman family, <laughs> but we were thrilled that uh, Jesse and Emily took such great care of us. So here's what I'm left wondering. How many of our listeners are working at companies that strive to create an experience as much as the Savannah Bananas do? At every turn, the Bananas are looking for ways to inject excitement into the mundane, to create lasting memories for their fans, to make the required remarkable. 
What can you do to take the less exciting aspects of your business and make them more memorable? What can you do to spice things up a bit and have some fun along the way? Who knows, you might end up creating some magical moments for your customers and your employees alike. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. Now that our listeners and I are planning to go to Savannah next summer to take in a bananas game, I think it'd be useful to talk about how all of this happens. All too often, we see amazing companies and think, how did they do that? How do they get their employees to participate, to play full out, to deliver exceptional customer service? Joey, having seen the bananas magic firsthand, how do you think they create these types of experiences? You know, Dan, I spent a lot of my time at the ballpark that day trying to figure out just that. I also talked to Jesse at length about their efforts because I too was fascinated by this incredible experience that the Banana staff and players are creating each and every game. And what I discovered is that it all boils down to three things. Number one, make your core values front and center. Number two, don't make excuses. And number three, figure it out as you go along. First and foremost, let's talk about how to make your core values front and center. Now, many companies have core values. They're written down in an employee manual, they show up on the website, they may be even on a plaque in the office lobby. But are they really front and center? When I visited the storied Grayson Stadium, I got to go behind the scenes, or backstage as Jesse calls it, and see the staff offices that are located under the stands of the stadium. I'll include a few photos in the show notes at experiencethisshow.com so you can see for yourself. But imagine a long hallway with office doors on either side. And as you walk down the hall, you see little colorful signs protruding out into the hall with a single word on them. Words like caring, different, enthusiastic, hungry, and fun. Now, while this certainly got my attention, what was more captivating was the series of pictures underneath each sign, showing examples from games of the team and staff living that specific word. To cap it all off, each core value was paired with a fan testimonial, where the fan specifically referred to the core value by name. For example, Gene C. said, the bananas brought a different feel to baseball at Grayson Stadium. Jesse and the Bananas are so focused on the place where the core values meet the experience they are striving to create that one of the key ways they measure it is by how often fans refer to the specific language of the core values in their testimonials. I love that. I mean, when the customers say it, that means you're actually doing it. And I've worked at a lot of companies and the core values are usually posted up on a wall or included at the beginning of every internal PowerPoint, uh, or even I've seen it on a screensaver on the computers. But you know what? If you asked most of the employees to recite the core values, they wouldn't be able to do it. If you offered most employees a million dollars and they could become the CEO and retire, they still couldn't do it. That is You're absolutely true. right. It's like, what are we doing to live these? Well, the second key element of creating a customer-centric culture is to not make excuses. 
Now, to be honest, I often hear business leaders blaming their poor customer experience on their staff with comments like, well, we have too many part-time staff members to create anything consistent, or you don't understand, these millennials are more interested in their phones than connecting with their customers, or, well, it's not my job to teach my employees good manners. To be honest, every time I hear things like this, I cringe. Because with these types of excuses by senior management, an organization can't ever hope to improve their customer experience. The Savannah Bananas have a challenge when it comes to their employees that most businesses don't have. And these are actual statistics that I got from Jesse and Emily. 93% of the Savannah Banana employees are part-time employees who only help on game nights during the summer. They don't have time to do a ton of training, and these 150 employees often have a less-than-committed attitude when they start working there because, let's be candid, they see it as a part-time summer job. But the way that Jesse, Emily, and the rest of the Bananas full-time staff show up sets an entirely different tone. As Jesse walks around Grayson Stadium before the game begins, he quizzes every staff member he passes with an energetic, Are you ready to rock and roll? He's also constantly on the lookout for things that need improvement, and he leads by example in front of his team. While Jesse was touring my family around the stadium grounds before the game started, I saw him walk by a napkin on the ground in one of the concourses. Without missing a beat or stopping speaking in our conversation, he stooped, picked it up, and deposited it in the next trash can. I wonder how many senior executives walking through an office complex would stop to pick up a stray piece of paper or trash that they might find laying on the ground in their hallways or outside their office. Well, you know, the other thing about Jesse, let's remind people, is he's doing all this walking around in a yellow tuxedo. In the summer. He's sweating like to the oldies. It's crazy. He is living the brand in a way that most executives are not, and he's really become immersed in it. And I think that shows in the way that he's trying to immerse his audience in that experience as well. And and it also seems like his employees. And so we often hear the phrase, it starts at the top. And, you know, a lot of people roll their eyes because in many companies, it doesn't start at the top. The top is not exuding the values of uh, that they're trying to get other employees uh, to do. And I think that's what makes this organization so impressive is that when you see and meet Jesse, you understand why they're having the success they are because, you know, Jesse's trying to create many little Jesse's underneath him that have that same kind of energy. And like we said before, when you have happy employees, you have happy customers and you can see it on their faces when you walk around the stadium and when you interact with people. You know, it's funny you should mention Little Jesse's. There's actually a junior announcer in training who wears a light green tuxedo because he's not fully right. right. You like that? that. Who also goes around doing announcements and promotions. It's absolutely hysterical. Well, I think the one... The biggest takeaway, and it's the third step in our process here for creating a committed culture, uh, is a really important one that I wanted to highlight to our audience. Because I think all too often when we think about customer experience, we think everything has to be built out and polished. The reality is that the third key component of a committed culture is to figure it out as you go along. 
often when we consider a creative or a novel idea that's gonna enhance our customer's experience, there really isn't an obvious playbook or directions on how to implement. It requires a leap of faith, and sometimes it takes a few tries to get it right. And that's what happened when the Savannah Bananas decided to offer an all-you-can-eat-and-drink ticket. Mmm, all-you-can-eat-and-drink. <laughs> Wait a minute. You can buy a ticket to the game that lets you eat and drink as much as you want? Oh my gosh, absolutely. It's, it's wild. Well, it must be crazy expensive given the revenue that's made from food and drinks at a typical baseball stadium. Yeah, no, this is what you would think, right, Dan? But actually, the all-you-can-eat ticket costs $18 compared to the non-all-you-can-eat ticket, which is just $12. But what's more interesting than the economics is the way they manage to serve all of these people. Yeah, it sounds like a logistical nightmare because if you're standing in line all night for the free food and drink, it isn't as much value. It, it certainly was, at least the first night. So when I talked to Jesse about this, he explained that their first attempt was an epic failure. The lines were down the concourse and up into the stands. They were serving hot dogs, hamburgers, chips, cookies, water, soda. It was insanity. The second game, they did a little bit better, but they still had huge problems. It wasn't until the third game. So mind you, this is the third night of all-you-can-eat tickets, they finally cracked the code on how to effectively and efficiently serve all-you-can-eat-and-drink ticket holders throughout the stadium. And did he tell you the secret? Oh, yes, he did. You need to start with the drinks. Start with the drinks? What do you mean? So the first two nights, the arrangement of the food and drink was set up like the typical buffet. You grabbed your main entree, hot dogs or hamburgers, then your chips, then your drink. And people going through the line that first night would take four or five hot dogs, three bags of chips, three or four hamburgers, and then try to grab two drinks. And even though you could come back through the line as many times as you wanted throughout the game, people had this belief that they needed to fulfill the all you can eat on the first pass. That sounds like an absolute disaster. It absolutely was, because not only was it costing the team a lot of money, but the amount of wasted food that first night was ridiculous. People would go to their seats, they'd start eating, and they'd leave tons of food uneaten. So not only did it waste food, but now we've created an issue for the janitorial staff because they have even more trash to pick up in the stands. So the Savannah Bananas experimented. They moved items around and realized that if they had people grab their drink or drinks first, it would take up more space in their hands. And because they had more stuff in their hands, they would take fewer hot dogs and hamburgers and bags of chips because the games are played in the summer and it's hot and people want to hydrate. Now, not only did this result in less food waste, but it made the line move faster because people weren't wrangling armfuls filled with food. Not to mention that because drinks last longer, when you get up into the stadium, if you had extra drinks, you'll continue to drink those throughout the night. If you've gotten an extra hot dog or a hamburger and it's grown cold, you're not gonna eat that. You're just gonna throw it out several innings later when you realize you're not gonna be interested in stomaching it. Well, I definitely appreciate that they were trying to eliminate food waste. And uh, that sounds like uh, a cool experiment. 
it definitely is. So the amazing experience that the Savannah Bananas create for their fans has many components. But if you wanna start changing your business to be more customer centric or fans first, as the Savannah Bananas would say, you need to make your core values front and center, stop making excuses, and be okay with just figuring it out as you go along. Now let's play ball. Sometimes all it takes is a single question to get your company thinking about an improved customer experience. Here's an idea for how you can start the conversation. We're excited to present a brand new segment this season, and it's called Start the Conversation. It's part of a great new partnership we have with our friends at Avtex, a company that helps you plan and enable exceptional customer experiences. Each week, we'll bring you a new hot customer experience topic and leave you with one question to bring back to work the next day to discuss with your colleagues. Then you'll be empowered to start the conversation. This week's Start the Conversation topic is better customer experience. What does that even mean? CX leaders are often tasked with creating better experiences for their customers. While the notion of providing better experiences to customers is sound, Defining what those better experiences are can be difficult and subjective to interpretation. Better CX should be defined by your customers. It takes deep understanding and planning to get there and the right technology mix to bring it to life. Creating better experiences can be done in a number of ways, including one, designing and implementing an entirely new experience or communication channel based on customer needs, requests, and expectations. Two, completely overhauling an existing experience to create a more effective customer journey. Three, tweaking existing experiences to eliminate common pain points. Four, updating or replacing CX technology solutions to improve their ability to support customer experience strategy. And five, providing additional training and support to employees tasked with fielding customer interactions. You know, there's so many great elements to this improving of customer experience. And I think two jump out immediately, especially in relationship to the Savannah Banana story. This idea of completely overhauling an existing experience to create something more effective. You know, lots of time in the baseball stadium is spent going down to get food. And by having an all-you-can-eat ticket, the bananas allow you to go down and come back up without waiting in line and to move quickly. And tweaking existing experiences to eliminate common pain points. The first few nights of the all-you-can-eat ticket, there were huge lines, but by putting the drinks first, the bananas were able to expedite the experience. And now for this week's question about the importance of better CX. Are we proactively making the experiences we deliver to our customers better? We encourage you to start the conversation within your own organization and then continue it with our friends at Avtex by going to experienceconversations.com. That website again is experienceconversations.com. We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about, as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. I know I haven't had the chance to attend a Savannah Bananas game, Joey, but I have had the chance to check out a book that was written by team owner Jesse Cole. It's called Find Your Yellow Tux. And 
It's pretty fantastic. I agree, Dan. You know, one of the things I love about books, and one of the main reasons we feature books on this show, is that they allow us to learn from the mistakes and successes that the author has experienced. Find Your Yellow Tux is not only an interesting read filled with fantastic stories, but it outlines how Jesse has applied his stand-out-from-the-crowd philosophy to both his personal and professional life. Let's listen to Jesse as he gives us an overview of Find Your Yellow Tux. I believe everyone has something that makes them stand out. It's the best version of themselves. And I call it the yellow tux. Yes, I wear a yellow tuxedo every single day, and I own seven total. But in this book, Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out, I share my journey to differentiate myself and our baseball team in the notoriously traditional industry of baseball. I share how just a few years ago, my wife and I were sleeping on an airbed and down to our last dollar. It was then that we embraced what makes us different. We went all in on having fun and creating the fans first experience. And it worked for us. After selling just one season ticket in the first two months, we then went on to sell out every single game. Overall, this book shares how you can find similar joy and success in everything you do by thinking and acting differently. Because I believe normal gets normal results and I'm not your normal author and this is definitely not your normal book. This book is anything but normal. I share the ridiculous and outrageous stories of the Savannah Bananas and how we come up with our crazy ideas. But I believe every business is in the entertainment business and the companies that will succeed in the future will provide a better experience for their customers and their employees. They create fans. And this book shares how we've been able to put fans first in everything we do and how you can as well. I hope this book will help you look at the world differently and help you yellow tux your life, your business, and your legacy. I have to tell you, as a guy that grew up with a family business that rented tuxedos, I love any book that uh, refers to tuxes, especially yellow tuxes. And I'll have to ask my dad if he ever sold or rented a yellow tux. But I love Jesse and what he does and how he stands out and how he's not afraid to be a little bit different in a room and, and the guy that everybody notices. And I do think that that is uh, something that we all could do a little bit more of, even uh, those of you that consider yourself introverts can sometimes step out of your skin a little bit and uh, and and be a Jesse. Well, even the extroverts, Dan, could think a little bit differently about it. You know, a lot of folks are playing it safe. And I get that you may not be interested in wearing a yellow tux. But the question is, are you standing out? What are you doing to go the extra mile, to be different from the competition, to go all in on creating an experience that puts your customers first? I love it when Jesse shares his belief that every business is in the entertainment business. I completely agree and love it when a business that I'm interacting with strives to make our interactions fun and playful. You know, look, life is stressful. Life is hectic. It's often rote and routine. And when I have an interaction with a business that I find fun or playful, it gets my attention. I stop to savor the moment. I smile. I laugh. I pay attention and I remember. 
I remember what business had that effect on me. And as a general rule, that positive memory gets embedded in my mind and forever associated with that brand or business. So let's dive deeper into the pages of Find Your Yellow Tux. Dan, I know you love this book. What was your favorite passage? I really enjoyed when Jesse shared, and I'm quoting, it's very easy to get narrow-sighted with your business. But when you do this, five, 10, or 20 years can pass with you hardly looking up and taking in the world around you. And when you finally do, you realize that you were just riding the hamster wheel the whole time. You didn't actually take your business anywhere. There's a whole world out there. It's never easy to push yourself out of your comfort zone. But when you do, you remember there's this whole world out there full of great ideas to learn, internalize, and make something new. And I liked this because I'm actually right now going through a period where I'm trying to do some things differently than I'm used to before. And in particular, I have a lot of uh, my friends and mentors pushing me to do more video. And there's a reason I got into podcasting, Joey. I, mean, <laughs> I think you are you definitely have a face for radio. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, but I love writing and I love podcasting and video is uh, uncomfortable for me, but it's something that I'm pushing myself to do. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's the, I think Jesse would be really thrilled to hear that because it's the trying something different. It's looking up and saying, oh, let's be, uh, you know, a little daring or a little bold. You know, my favorite passage in the book is a bit longer, but it has a really important message that we've talked about in prior episodes of Experience This. And I'm quoting from the book. Last impressions matter too. When our fans leave our ballpark, Upwards of 20 staff members are there to wave them off. It might sound excessive, but fans email us all the time to tell us how much they appreciate it. Here we wanted to give fans the opposite impression of a restaurant at closing time. I bet you know what I mean. You've probably walked into an empty restaurant a half hour before closing, and when you did, I'd wager there was no one there to greet you, that all you saw was a bare-bones staff quietly cleaning and locking up. Now, I'm not here to knock restaurant staff. We at Fans First understand the long hours people in the service industry work. We understand how exhausting it can be running around on your feet all day. We've been there plenty of times ourselves. That said, we've learned that even closing time should be a celebration. Sure, we're tired. Everyone from the players to the fans is tired at the end of one of our shows. But what a wonderful thing if we can make one last meaningful impression on our fans as they're walking out of the gates. The fans' first staff makes it a point to finish our work and be at the gates before the final out. That way we can wave goodbye to as many fans as possible. Not only can we feel the difference we're making for our fans, we can also see firsthand how much fun everyone had. The longer we stand there smiling at people, the more thank yous, hugs, and waves we receive. What better way to leave work on a high note? It may sound funny, but shaking hands, giving hugs, and saying goodbye at the end of a good night is still one of the best parts of my job. Well, now that we've shared the parts of the book that we enjoyed, what about our friend and author, Jesse Cole? What's his favorite passage? Let's listen in now. If it's normal, do the exact opposite. Let's talk about the word crazy. From now until forever, as author Linda Roddenberg likes to say, crazy is a compliment. It means you're thinking outside the box. It means you and your ideas are on a different level from everyone else. It means you aren't playing things safe. On Backwards Night, we followed this mindset to the letter. Fans walked into the stadium backward as we thanked them for coming and asked if they enjoyed the show. The game then began in the bottom of the ninth inning. 
We had the seventh inning stretch in what should have been the third inning. We then ran all the promotions backwards, and we finished, or, you know, began the game with the Star Spangled Banner, followed by 30 minutes of pregame announcements. When you approach things with a different mindset, even the normal things take on a different meaning. I'll tell you, that ovation for the national anthem was the loudest I'd ever heard, all because it came on the tail end of a dramatic win. Whenever I hear someone say, it's always been done that way, I say, no, rethink yourself. Tradition and routine don't make something right or even good. And eventually it's going to be flat out wrong. If you know you can do it better, then do it better. That's what this chapter is all about, going against the grain of what's considered normal, because normal gets normal results. Sure, it's comfortable, but it's also super, super boring. Crazy is a compliment. How awesome is that? Friends, if you want to create raving fans, if you want to change the way your employees and customers think about your brand, if you think it's time to get a little crazy, to go against the grain and create some remarkable experiences, please go purchase a copy of Jesse Cole's book, Find Your Yellow Tux, How to Be Successful by Standing Out. I promise you it's a home run of a book that will leave you cheering for more. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.